For it is by grace you are saved through faith, not of yourselves, but it is a gift of God. Ephesians 2.8 Welcome to Grace Bond Ministries. Hello and uh, welcome to Grace Bond Ministries. Uh, I'm going to do my part two video of talking about Let me start over there. Um, so anyways, welcome. Hello and welcome to Grace Bond Ministries. If you go ahead and tuning in now, I uh, just want to let you know to go ahead and drop some prayer requests. We'll be praying here in uh, just a second. Um, I'm going to continue. This is part two. Uh, I'm going to continue talking about verses. Uh, really, all these are verses, but sometimes I'm reading the passages to kind of get a little more taste of it. Um, sorry about that. I got sidetracked there. But uh, anyway, so these are some verses that really make a big difference to me. Uh, and, and it's not that the whole Bible doesn't make a big difference to me. It's that these are specific verses and, and uh, their, their context, everything. It, it, I remember these verses, and uh, sometimes I forget exactly where they're at, but I know what they say. But I remember these verses, and it helps me in life. It helps me to counsel people and uh, very, very key verses, I guess, about uh, Christianity, the Christian walk, our salvation, and all sorts of things like that. Uh, so I already dealt with two of those in the last video, so if you want to go back and check that out, it's on Facebook or on the YouTube channel. Uh, but today, uh, I'm going to be talking about 1 Corinthians 15, 14, uh, which talks about uh, without Christ being resurrected, our, great, our, our faith is worthless, basically. And then I'm also going to talk about Luke 23, 34, and that time, that's when Jesus is on the cross and he says, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. And uh, the last one, I'm going to look at three today. The last one we're going to look at is Ephesians 6.12, which says our battle is not against flesh and blood. It's against, this, this, it's against the spiritual darknesses of the world, basically. Uh, so I'm going to talk about those three today and how those have affected my worldview. Again, a worldview is, is something everybody has, and it's basically self-explanatory. It's how you view the world around you. You know, do you believe there's a spiritual realm to the world? Do you believe there's a God? If you don't believe there's a God, you're going to look at the world a different way. If you do believe there's a God, but you don't believe in the Christian God, you're going to look at the world a different way. So everybody has a worldview. And uh, mine is a, I believe, in a theistic God. I believe Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior. Uh, I believe he's the only way of salvation. <clears throat> I'm, an I'm an exclusivist uh, because I believe that's what the Bible teaches. And I believe the Bible has good evidence supporting it. That it is the word of God. Uh, so, anyways, that's my worldview, but inside that worldview, these are the things that shape and mold that worldview, and we all have them as Christians. We all kind of shape and mold our worldview, and sometimes we let certain things go, and we don't think about it. You know, we don't think about, you know, well, this doesn't really have to do with Jesus. This doesn't really have to do with the Bible. Every single thing you do in life has to do with Jesus and the Bible. If it doesn't, well, <laughs> even if you think it doesn't, it still does. Uh, but if it doesn't, you really need to have a spiritual checkup uh, between you and the Lord and say, God, why is this part of my life? But this part is not a part of my life. 
uh, or, or why are you? Why do I let you be part of this? Or, or show me, Lord, what what parts of my life or am I have I taken over instead of letting you take over? Uh, so, anyway, so that's what I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk about today. Uh, and again, this is an interactive kind of thing. I, I would love it if you could flip with me through the verses. You know, whenever you're watching this, I'm sure most people aren't going to sit in here and watch this whole thing. Uh, you know, I'm no fool or anything. Uh, but you might catch bits and pieces of it. So flip to the verse and read it for yourself. And uh, try and keep this verse in mind as you live, these verses in mind as you live your daily Christian life. Or if you're starting trying to study Christianity, I, like I said, all of these <laughs> verses that I'm talking about really are, are a broad summary of the Christian faith and our walk with the Lord and things like that. So uh, let me go ahead and pray and then I will get started. We're going to be, our first passage is 1 Corinthians 15. Uh, we're going to read verses 12 through 19. We're going to focus on verse 14. So let's pray. Uh, dear God, just thank you for this day. Thank you for the many blessings you've given us. Uh, we thank you for your word. We thank you for giving us a worldview that's greater than any other worldview in existence. So God, we just thank you for caring about us and loving us and giving us this plan of salvation and paying for our sins, Lord. And I just pray as we look at your, your book this morning, your holy word, your living word, I pray that you speak to me and to anybody else that just so happens to come across this video. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All right. So, 1 Corinthians chapter 15. I have actually left my King James Version Bible in my wife's car, so I'm going to be talking out of the, or, or reading out of the Christian Standard Bible. Uh, which is my personal favorite. Anyway, so 1 Corinthians 15, over here in the New Testament. Uh, he's kind of closing up the letter here. But he's talking about the resurrection. He talks about how the resurrection is essential to the gospel. And uh, it's essential to our faith. I want to read this passage. This is 1 Corinthians 15, 12 through 19. It says, Now if Christ is proclaimed as raised from the dead... How can some of you say there is no resurrection of the dead? Now, there were people back then, uh, and, and still even today, but these were religious people who did not believe that anybody uh, was resurrected from the dead. Like the Sadducees, that's how I always remember that, uh, because the Sadducees are sad, you see, because they don't believe in the resurrection. Uh, but so there was a lot of people that didn't even believe in any type of resurrection. And Paul was like, well, if there's no resurrection, then there's no way Christ could be resurrected. And if Christ is not resurrected, let's see what he says. If there is no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, then our proclamation is in vain, and so is your faith. You catch that? Our proclamation is in vain, and so is your faith. Some, some uh, translations translate that. Your faith is futile. Your faith is worthless if God, Jesus Christ is not resurrected from the dead. And that's the key verse we'll come back to. Verse 15, Moreover, we are found to be false witnesses about God, because we have testified wrongly about God that he raised up Christ, whom he did not raise up. If in fact the dead are not raised, for if the dead are not raised, not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, oh, I'm sorry, uh, this, is the verse, this is the verse that says that it, our faith is worthless if he's not been raised. Verse 17, And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is worthless. You are still in your sins. Those then who have fallen asleep in Christ have also perished. If we have put our hope in Christ for this life only, we should be pitied more than anyone. 
So this passage here talks about salvation. It talks about salvation. So how am I saved? How is anybody saved? Um, how is anybody saved? You know, we're saved because Jesus, a perfectly righteous man, perfectly righteous man took away our sins because he was perfectly righteous. He was the only one that could do it for all of mankind by his sacrifice, by him giving up himself, by his holy sacrifice. He was crucified. He died. That's the most important part. The crucifixion, you know, is, is important and all, but what's important is that he died and that he was resurrected. And so, uh, and because of the resurrection, he gave proof and he gave ultimate victory over, over sin and over death. The wages, the Bible says the wages of sin is death. And Christ lived a perfect life. He still died, but Christ is the only one who came back from the dead and never died again. He came back from the dead, never died again. He ascended up into heaven. He's still there today ascended back up into heaven he came back to life he defeated death and without the resurrection paul says without the resurrection verses 14 and 17 without the resurrection our, our faith is worthless our faith is futile because if christ was not resurrected if christ was not raised then he wouldn't he did not defeat death you see and that's what i'm trying to get at here and so how does this affect my worldview? It affects my worldview because, you know, when I'm doing like apologetics and, and all these sorts of things or I'm evangelizing, that's the key right there is to get people to say that, yes, you're right, Jonathan. Yes, Jesus Christ must have been resurrected from the dead. The evidence is stacked in favor of, the, of, of Jesus Christ actually being resurrected from the dead. And since he has been resurrected from the dead, we can have salvation because he has defeated, he has conquered death for us. And also, you know, it, this helps me with, with like salvation issues. And a lot of people will talk about, you know, Genesis. Well, you know, if you don't, if you don't interpret Genesis one literally, you know, if you don't believe that Genesis gives a six-day, uh, literal six-day creation account. Or if, if, if you don't believe that everything written in the Bible is 100% accurate, uh, you know, if you don't believe this, if you don't believe that, listen, Paul doesn't say if you don't believe that Genesis is a literal, it talks about a literal six-day creation, then your faith is futile. No, what does he say? He says that if Jesus Christ was not resurrected from the dead, then your faith is futile. Your faith is worthless. And so that really helps me determine when I'm talking with someone or I'm disagreeing with someone, you know, is, is this person, uh, can this person still be a Christian? Can this person still be saved? You know, and, and if they agree with the beliefs about Jesus and the belief that he was resurrected from the dead, then they can be saved. Uh, it's just that simple, you know. So if everything else in the Bible, just just about, I mean, we've got to have some account of what Jesus did whether that been word of mouth or whatever. But if everything else in the Bible turned out to not be true, but the one thing is true, that Jesus Christ died and resurrected for our sins. If that is true, then our faith still has worth. 
Because a lot of people think, well, you know, if I can just prove that, you know, something in the Old Testament is not actually accurate, you know, if I can prove some, if I can fork up some archaeology that proves that something in the Old Testament was not accurate, then I have just destroyed the entire Christian faith. Nobody. <laughs> you got to destroy the resurrection. And uh, good luck trying that. Uh, and atheists love this, though. Atheists love it when a Christian says, listen, all you got to do to really destroy my faith is prove to me that Jesus Christ was not resurrected from the dead. And they're like, whoa, well, that's like one of the easiest things to refute. Uh, I don't want to get into that a whole lot right now, but I will say this, though, before I go any further uh, about that. When atheists say stuff like that and get excited about that, the reason is, is because atheists and a lot of other religious people, not not too many religious people, but but like atheists, for sure, they shut out the supernatural. They say the supernatural is impossible. One guy said, uh, one famous scientist and atheist said, uh, I can't remember his name. He said, if the entire nation... Uh, he said, if all of Paris, he said, no, if all of France, if all if the entire country of France were to tell me that a man was resurrected from the dead, I still wouldn't believe him. And that's kind of the mindset that people that, that atheists have as far as Jesus Christ being resurrected, that you know, it doesn't really matter. Uh, you know, it, it wouldn't matter if the entire world said somebody had been resurrected from the dead. I wouldn't believe a word of it. And so that's kind of the basic premise. So let's move on here, though. Uh, you know, that's another topic for another day. Luke 23, verse 34. Very, very powerful passage. Right? And this this helps in, in uh, situations when somebody feels wronged or they feel like they can't forgive someone else or they, you know, there's somebody, they're like, well, I just told them my mind. You know, I just told them what's on my mind. Uh, kind of people. I always think of this verse. This verse right here. So verse Luke 23, 34. Jesus Christ hanging on the cross. He's about to take his last breath. Before he's, you know, he dies the first time, <laughs> or he dies once, uh, he's about to take his last breath. He's got to be in excruciating pain, and people are just mocking him, making fun of him, all sorts of things. This is what he says. Then Jesus said, Father, forgive them, because they do not know what they are doing. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they are doing. Wow. <laughs> Think about that. Who's, who's someone that you find it difficult to forgive? Who's someone that you find it difficult for, to forgive? You know, maybe they did something to you. Maybe it was something really bad, you know. Uh, you know, who? but who, though? I know we all probably have people that we can think of uh, that at least at some point in our life we were unable to forgive them. But who in the world would forgive someone that is literally torturing you you know what if somebody kidnapped you right now took you to you know their basement and and tortured you to the point not where you died but where you were very close to death and then they mocked you and told you how much trash you are you know how many people in this world name me one person besides jesus christ who would say you know what i forgive you I don't think you'd be able to. You know, some people may say it and all this sorts of stuff, but, you know, I just don't think you'll, I don't think anybody on this earth could say something like that without the power of the Spirit. You see? And so that's why this verse is so important. Because it, it's not biblical. 
I don't think it's biblical to to have anyone that you never forgive. I don't think it's biblical to have anyone that you never forgive. Everyone deserves our forgiveness because I mean Jesus Christ forgives us. Why should it be so hard for us to forgive others? Why shouldn't we forgive others? I mean, we've been forgiven for all the wrong we've done by God. Why can't we forgive others and these little tiny things? So how does this shape my worldview? I, it shapes my worldview because if I'm ever in a situation where someone does something bad to me, and I'm going to get into another part of this in Ephesians 6, but when somebody does something bad to me, I think about this. I'm like, you know, this person may just talk trash about me. This person may have pretended to be my friend just so they could talk about me behind my back. Or this person could be, you know, questioning my salvation. Or this person could be, you know, talking trash about me, could be trying to argue with me, could be trying to, you know, turn my family against me, whatever. But they're not trying to crucify me. And so this situation is nowhere close to what Jesus Christ said on that cross. Or what the situation Jesus was in on that cross. And even Jesus, in that kind of situation, said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And most of us aren't going to have to face something this bad. And so it should be easy for us to forgive, especially as Christians. It should be easy for us to forgive someone for what they've done. I've, I, for example, I've, I've uh, heard of some people that when they get into arguments with like their siblings or old people now, you oh, I shouldn't have said that first. I should have let you thought if this was uh, children or, or older folks. But uh, people will just, uh, and most, most of the time I've heard these stories, it's mostly non-Christian. Some Christians can do it, uh, but, or some Christians do do it, do do. Um, but, you know, like family members, they'll, they'll get mad at each other over something little. You know, maybe maybe somebody didn't send them a thank, a thank you note. You know, and then they just shun the person that didn't send them a thank you note. You know, it's something that small, and then they won't even talk to them, and they won't even talk about why they're not talking to them. You know, it's very, very crazy. It's very childish, to be honest. And uh, you know, and then we got Christ on the cross. I can't. I don't know how much more I could explain this, but Christ being crucified on the cross still forgave the people that were crucifying him on the cross. That were mocking him. That were casting lots for his clothes. So let's turn to Ephesians 6.12. This is where I'm going to end. Ephesians 6.12. Uh, so obviously there's a good reason why Luke 23.34 is uh, high on my list of verses that shape my worldview. Because if you have that mindset that you can forgive anybody. If Jesus can forgive the people that we're crucifying him on this cross, then I can forgive anybody. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12. It says, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers of this darkness, against evil spiritual forces in the heavens. Our battle is not against flesh and blood. But when we... Get in fights with people. Think about the last fight that you've got into, whether it was physical or or uh, or just verbal, whatever. The last fight, or, or if it was just anger that you had in yourself, or if it was a fight against a temptation or whatever. Uh, think about that situation. 
And in those situations, we usually assume that our battle is actually against flesh and blood. That's not what this verse says. Our verse says that our battle is not against flesh and blood. It's against the spiritual darknesses of this world. So when someone does you wrong, if you look at it like it's a it's a spiritual issue rather than, hey, that is that person right there is doing me wrong. You know, as a pastor, I get this all the time. I believe that uh, for pastors, excuse me, I believe that for pastors, the spiritual warfare is a lot more intense just because of their position. Um, but. You know, when, when when somebody wrongs you, when somebody kind of does wrong, this is the reason I wanted to kind of group these last two together. When somebody wrongs you, if you think, well, you know, that's not that person, you know. That, that person is a soul. That person is a is a being that God loves, that God does not want to see perish, that God wants to see come to repentance in him. If you look at that, every time someone does you wrong, if you look at it as a spiritual battle, battle it's, it, you can... You have this ability to look past their wrongdoings, to look past these things that are coming out of their mouth or or the way they're treating you or whatever. You can look past that and say, that's not them. <laughs> that person can change. That person can come to faith in Christ. And uh, so, for instance, I had a friend one time, and I had two friends. And one friend said something uh, about the other, basically to the, to the person's face. And, and said uh, something very mean. And I, I, like I said, I know both of these people. And uh, one of them, the one that, that, you know, he heard the remark and, and whatever, and it was something very mean that was said. Uh, he came to me and he said, you know, I just, I can't shake this. You know, he talked to me once and we kind of talked about it for a second. And then a couple of days later, he's like, I can't shake this. You know, it's just eating me up. And, I, you know, it's hard for me to think about. It. I don't know why she would say that to me and all this stuff. And uh, I took him to Luke 23:34 in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12. And I said, listen, man. I said, I know that girl. I know who you're talking about. And I know she has struggles. You know, I know that she's a, she, she has a soul. And I said, listen, the, Ephesians 6, 12 says, this battle is not against flesh and blood. This isn't a battle between you and her. This is a battle between you and these spiritual darknesses. It's a battle between our spirit and Satan in his spirits, you see. And I pointed him also Luke twenty three thirty four, and he said he went home and thought about that, and he prayed about it. Woke up the next day completely over it, <laughs> completely over it. He said, I don't even know. I don't know how it really happened. He was so surprised how much over it he was, but he was completely over it. So that's why that that verse is so important to my worldview. I know when people trash talk me, they trash talk Christianity and all this stuff. Honestly, what it probably really is, it's it's the devil trying to separate you, a strong Christian, from these people who need to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. Nine times out of ten, I guarantee that's probably what's happening. But even in the church, you know, if somebody in the church is fighting with you over some silly issue, what's going on really is that the devil wants the church to separate. He wants to, He doesn't want the church to be unified. So if you look past that, you look past these little issues and you say there's a deeper spiritual issue going on, then you can go back to this this verse. You can go back to Luke 23, 34 and say, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. There's spiritual darknesses basically using them to try to destroy other people's lives, including mine.
So anyways, uh, that's all I got for today. I hope you found that helpful. I hope uh, <clears throat> I hope you enjoy these videos. I'm I, I'm you know I'm no fool. I know right now that uh, for some people say you know yeah you know I see I don't sit there and watch the whole thing. I mean most of these are have been 30 minute long. So I mean unless you're you know just bored out of your mind, I'm sure you're not gonna watch the whole thing. So. Uh, what I am expecting, though, is that people are probably are, are, are checking it out and watching bits and pieces of it. So hopefully you catch something, though, that really encourages you or shows you something new you didn't think about. And uh, hopefully with these verses today, you realize that, you know, your salvation is in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It's in Jesus Christ. Uh, you're, you, you are able to forgive others because Christ has forgiven us. And he forgave those people who were crucifying him on the cross. And that no matter what situation you face and no matter what issues come up, no matter who's out against you, our battle is not against flesh and blood. It's against the, the spiritual darknesses of this world. So anyways, thank you for watching. If, again, if you have any questions, have any prayer requests, email gracebondministries at gmail.com. And uh, just continue to, to chime in, continue to watch what you can. And uh, anyways, I appreciate it. I appreciate all the support on this page. But thank you very much for watching. I hope you have an awesome day.